and how it is in the market climate because it is hot as balls at the moment let me tell you I was walking around uh, I was walking around the city centre today and let me tell you it, it is fucking tight as well and, oh I was hot I was hot but, but I was actually stopped boys um, wearing cov the concrete yeah, cov, jungle itself cov, the concrete jungle itself I was stopped by someone who said um, can I have your wallet please <laughs> no it, <laughs> Nothing, I'm not, I'm not going to finish the story because nothing's going to top that, but there we are. Um, let's get this... Let's get this. <laughs> I can't, I can't. I've made enough jokes about Calvin. Leave time. it in. They wouldn't have said, please. Please, no. Yeah. I love the idea that the world's friendliest burger. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's just, got, he's just got like a, a nine iron. He's like, nine iron? Sorry, he's got a nine. And he's just like, um, he's just like, yeah. <laughs> nine iron. Like, <laughs> also, 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 a nine iron would work though, wouldn't it? Yeah, if someone comes up to you in the middle of the street and says, please, can I have your wallet? And he's got a golf club. You're adding it to him. <laughs> it's probably more like that. I'm golf asking how far you can hit his 9-9, to be fair. Are you, uh, right. Which footballer? No, no, we already know the answer to that. I was going to ask you which footballer do you reckon is the least likely to get mugged? It's Kalasanach. <laughs> uh, okay, we've got a lot to get no through. No doubt. So let's get through it. Um, hello and welcome back to another episode of the In Around Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Will Hunt, and joining me this week, like every week, is sports media's number one, number one, Jolinton correspondent, Mr. Michael Breslin. I'm the number one to 20 correspondent, thank you very much. Yep, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Moving swiftly on, uh, Pod Ross is also here, the walk-up warbler. Good evening. Get your stat out of the way, because you've been grinning like a cat who's found shit for like a week now. <laughs> Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, Theo Wilcock, more Champions League goals than Zinedine Zidane. Mike, okay. have you got a riposte? I mean, did he score the goals Zidane scored in the in final? The I don't think he did. It, in what fact, what goals in less games too, by the way? <laughs> so, uh, I've got a stat. Um, sorry, Dave. Sorry to steal your thunder. Um, more Zidane, more Blondors than Wilcock. Oh, that's true. There we go. Um, and also, how many uh, community shield goals for Sudan? <laughs> how many World Cup final winning goals? <laughs> we can we keep doing this all day. Um, where is Walcott now? Is he still on loan at Everton? Because he is the most Everton player. No, he he, he belongs. He's at Southampton, isn't he? But is he? Yeah, yeah. No. Well, at least he'll, he'll be a Championship player next season. Spoiler. <laughs> Uh, not according to the podcast, but there we are. Um, also, Dave is also here, Mr. Carmichael Harris himself. Uh, Mosley Marauder, what, all his nicknames, he's got them all. Indeed. I was waiting for you to say hello there. I already said hello whilst you were naming my nicknames. Usually people wait. <laughs> well, I didn't realise you were going to go for so many. Well, you're worth it, Dave, aren't you? <laughs> I mean, I just had a L'Oreal brand deal now. If you come in here with a L'Oreal brand deal, I, I will I will applaud you, quite frankly. Um, as you might have gathered, ladies and gentlemen, this is our uh, yearly 1 to 20, where we try and predict all the places in the Premier League, <laughs> and inevitably it goes horribly wrong. Um, what happens if we get this all right? How famous are we going to be? By we the won't way? be famous. No, because no one have got no one have got past the end intro to this podcast. Who <laughs> got to this point? They would have got past the start where we start talking about a bloke robbing people. Um, so by now you usually know how this goes. Uh, we all sit down and we 
debate and talk for way longer about teams in the middle of the pack than we should. This year, to avoid um, painful, painful maths live on the podcast, where I'm sat there going, well, if Dave's put him in 12 and me and Mike have got him in 15 and 16, where do I put him? I, I, I just sat there before and, and gave each of them a number. So if someone was in first place, they got 20 points. If somebody was in last place, they got one point. Um, and I asked the three of these guys to share them with me. So every team has a grade out of 60. Um, spoilers, someone gets 60. Someone also gets three. Interesting. <laughs> um, and we sort of go by like that. Um, I didn't pick a one to 20. And instead I was the tiebreaker where there were ties as tiebreakers happen but um, <laughs> there were actually numerous ties but I'm more than happy to be wrong if you guys want to change me around when we get to the ties but I'll let you know um, so in true in and around football heritage we'll try and keep this short and concise but I think we'll probably be here in three hours time uh, these episodes usually like two hours long and we've added an extra person to the mix so let's see how this goes um Yep, we will go from the bottom upwards. I'm just trying to find my notes so I can tell you the scores for the next team after this one because the first team, Scott Parker's Bournemouth with three points. Um, why do we think people Bournemouth are quite so in trouble? Um, I mean, their squad's weak, to say the least, and Scott Parker wasn't exactly convincing when he was at Fulham. Um and also, with Bournemouth, they had a pretty decent sort of well gap between themselves and playoff places, and they actually nearly bottled it. So it didn't even end last season particularly well in the Championship. Parker wasn't great at Fulham. Uh, I mean, he had some Park Life compilations, but that was about it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, they just haven't recruited very well, have they? I mean, I saw he signed... It wasn't even part life, was it? It wasn't like... <laughs> what was it? Oh, I've got to go find it now. Keep going. They signed Marcus Tavernier today, or Tavernier, and he's like... He's right a, back. He's, he's a centre... No, not the Rangers one. No, it's his brother, though. He plays centre mid on the wing, and he's like a fine championship player, like probably a playoff level player but I don't know how he fits in the pram and how well he's going to do in the pram to be fair excuse me there's some Fredericks from uh, West Ham yeah who oh, was he ever good other than being fast no no just he's he he probably their best signing to be honest I'm, I'm looking down the squad list and as far it as I can tell awesome. it's worse than the last time they came up and, yeah. and we're we're four days away from the start of the season, are we? Is this a Norwich? Yeah. I mean, they have got. Uh, I mean, we should mention that we do. We are recording this on the first of August, so there is still a month of the transfer window to go. Um, that said, does this feel to you like a bit like a Norwich situation, where they've come up and they're already down before they kicked a ball? It does feel a bit like it, to be honest. I mean, the squad needed. Squad needed massive improvement, like another promoted team has done, which we'll come on to. Um, and they just haven't haven't recruited. Like it is literally Norwich all over again. We've got a couple of players. I think most of them have been free transfers, and they've just spent like ten or twelve million in Tavernier. 
it's it's very Norwich <laughs> to do this coming up to the Prem. No, Gary Cahill to rely on over. Oh, what a player. Yeah, big miss there. I mean, we're relying on Mark Travers in goal, who I don't know. Much he's about. okay, I but I don't know if he's good in the Prem. Yeah, he's fine. A lot of their t- team, it's like, yeah, you're okay. you're a decent player, but you're not good enough. For, you're just not good enough for this level. I'm more worried about that midfield in particular. My, the the problem is with their midfield is they've got players like Lewis Cook and David Brooks who were, yeah. well, definitely were very promising. I mean, Brooks obviously has overcome cancer, um, which is obviously very good. But before that, he had like an ACL, unfortunately, like twice. And I think Lewis Cooks, his knee ligaments like twice. And, and they're only like 25, 26, but it's how good are they going to be with a step up? And they've had very few and far games in the last three, four years. So whereas they were really good players, they're a bit unknown quantities at the minute. Even those two. Um, yeah. Then you've got Lerma, who's just guaranteed like three red cards a season. I just... Absolutely bullying shot that play. I mean, it's not. It's a. It's not as we will get. Mike sent me a, when Mike submitted his one to twenty. He said a very good point, which was the bottom eight could be anywhere. Yeah, really yeah. And although I think I think there's clear tears within as we'll get into and we'll see. For some reason, Bournemouth to me just feel like they feel like a championship team. I mean, them and Fulham to me feel like championship teams who just mm. need major overhaul of the squad to even be competitive. But if you're a club the size of Bournemouth, and that's no disrespect, is it wise to go out and throw money, money, money at it? Is it, or is it wise to do more of a yes, Mike, you, you got it? Um, uh, or is it wise to do what Norwich tried to do in that first season, which is come up. <laughs> See how you are, and then sort of just admit that you're going to go down and sort of ping between the two for a bit before eventually establishing yourself. Who knows? Still haven't seen Norwich manage it, so maybe we'll we pull it off at some point. If establishing is getting worse each season, then they've definitely established themselves. (laughs) Excellent. Excellent. One thing's for certain, we all think Bournemouth are going to be 20th. Absolute pony is what they are. Um... Speaking of Pony, what a segue that is. Um, Fulham are on 19th. They managed to get eight points. Um, oh, someone didn't have them second bottom. I did not. I didn't no. either. I don't think. No. Oh. oh, it was only me. Yeah, my maths is terrible. Apologies for that. Yeah. <laughs> Ross put them 18th, I presume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we all thought they were going down. I mean, yeah. I'd have had them 20th. Uh, which just just for for culture reasons, which is why I decided not to take part. Um, why are Fulham in a slightly better position than Bournemouth, but still crap? Is what I want to ask you. And I mean, I think with Fulham, they they have some players that are at least of better quality than Bournemouth. I mean, yes, Mitrovic isn't going to score an absolute hatful, but he has scored forty three goals last season. Surely that translates into at least. Hopefully, double figures. He did get 11 in that. No, no listen. <laughs> I don't care. It was only the last season he was bad. The seasons before, he got nine when Newcastle got relegated and 11 when Fulham got relegated, which I'd say pretty respectful. He got blank 
when his team got relegated. Okay. But I think they've got they've clearly got a far stronger squad than the likes of Bournemouth. Yeah. And they have managed to make a couple of sensible signings. I mean, I don't think it's over the line at the time of recording, but if Leno comes in, I think that's a pretty sensible pickup. Very good. How long that's taken to? Yeah, which means he definitely ends up taking a better offer from like Galatasaray or something. It's just how these things go. Yeah, I like I like the addition of Kevin and Babu as well. I'm sure he's yeah. quite old now, but he's a good player. Always, oh, he's only 27. That's crazy. Yeah, Newcastle. Eh? Get it's rid a of the cap. Fee too for him. It's supposed to be around yeah, five, five million. Yeah. Five million. That, that seems like a big upgrade. Uh, Pereira, obviously. Massive sign. Well, Um, currently, and a theme of this podcast is going to be if X transfers goes through, would that affect where you would put this team? No. Here's what I want to ask you. If Malang Sar, who Fulham apparently have had a bid accepted for on a permanent transfer, (laughs) transfer, but Chelsea won't sell him until they can get someone else in, if that goes through, would they be locked in as 20th? No, no, I'd put them 19th if they get so. No, because Bournemouth's, Bournemouth's defence is somehow much worse. No, 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 no. Can I just just have a little think about Tim Ream and Milan? <laughs> I was waiting for Tim Ream. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is my favourite thing. I'm like, watch, I'm looking at the two fullbacks for Fulham. It's Robinson, isn't it, Dave? Who, who's actually a decent is a decent player and he's a good, strong, athletic fullback, kind of like Mbabu on the other side. And you're thinking to yourself, God, they're gonna have to be because they're fucking Tim Reeve. <laughs> <laughs> They've only got two centre halves for them. And like uh Silver's been out speaking about it. He said, We can um, we can't go into the next season with this little players in the squad and we've only got no team can prepare for the season with two centre halves. Um two senior centre halves, that is. So they're aware of the trouble, and Tony Khan, to be fair to him, has shown that he's willing to spend. So I could probably see a few more names through the door. That would definitely help Fulham. Um, unfortunately, they will be going down because Anthony Knockart is still on the books there. So sorry <laughs> yeah. to say. Oh, Knockart's there. Oh, yeah. He's a clown, that bloke. Absolutely. Get him, God. Imagine uh, Harry Wilson's there, which I didn't know. So that's kind Blad. of good. He's injured. Last season. He's injured. Uh, I mean, yeah, the squad, you, you can look down the squad and already you can see they're, they're better than Bournemouth. So yeah. I still think there's a good chance that they're going to get relegated, as you see by where they've ended up in our table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. OK, let's move on to 18th. Um, any guesses for who's going to be coming up? Who do you think? If you boys have put Forrest down, I'm going to be furious. No, they I haven't. haven't. They haven't but the two of them have conspired for this one. Really? Uh, <laughs> you're not sending Everton down, <laughs> are you? <laughs> no. Yeah. Great stuff. Mike is fuming. All right, boys, you two have got to explain this, and I've got to ask Mike to tell you where he put them. Okay, I mean, Everton were pretty terrible last season. Atrocious. As, as it was clearly stated. They've lost Richarlison. Now, whatever you think of Richarlison, he scored some pretty important goals in keeping them up last year. I mean, so Dwight McNeil, who had one of the worst seasons a Premier League winger seems to have had last season. And they've just I don't, I don't him rate him at all. They bought James Tarkowski, who's fine, but... He, 
probably not as good as he was a couple of years ago. He's like 30 now. And they signed Ruben Vinagre on loan from Sporting, who was at Wolves. He was like okay, like a 6 out of 10 Prem player. Given that they've lost Richarlison, I mean, they're already weak. Deli Ali, they look, they've not, well, I'm not going to say they've looked bad in pre season because pre season is pre season, but. Pre season, pre season. We've seen good things at the end of last season. I'm seeing no, no evidence of them suddenly turn this around. They, no. None of those guys can defend. That isn't going to change. They're going to put themselves into trouble because Mason Holgate has the IQ of a five year old. <laughs> the score was Ross. terrible last year, and it, I just, I'm not even sure it's got better. Like, yeah, Tarkowski's okay, and it will mean that Yerry Mina or Michael Keane might not be playing, which could be good for them. Uh, McNeil, like, no goals, one assist, I think it was, in 38 games last year. Atrocious. To add to their collection of wingers, Damari Gray, who I hate, <laughs> Andros Townsend, who's not much better. There's Alex Gomez as well, guys. And, and Tom Davis. I mean, that's pretty tragic. Like, uh, okay. I just think that okay. they're that bad. I really do. The squad's bad, and it hasn't got much better. Okay, Mike. Bring a sense of order back to proceedings. <laughs> okay, I had him 13th, so nowhere, oh. nowhere really close. <laughs> However, I, as Will said earlier, I will preface this by saying that the bottom eight could finish anywhere. Anywhere. Okay. Uh, I I think Everton are on the top end of this t- this bracket, though. Um, yeah, they lose with Charleston, but we all seem to think he's a fraud, so I don't know why this is such a big deal now. Now that he's gone, it, Everton are going to be crying without him. I think they'll be fine. Calvert-Lewin's back, which uh, should be fit for a full season. That's going to make a huge difference to them. Mm-hmm. Um, Lampard's got um, <clears throat> a full pre-season with them. Again, I think that helps. They've just got enough decent players in there. There's there's a lot of older pros. I think they're good, plenty good enough to stay up. There's a lot of teams that I think are worse than them, put it that way. I don't think they're a great team, but there's plenty that are worse. Yeah, I would my never view have, anyway. That's what I would say the same. I I could be wrong. They might go down, but if, I think well, that's if, where. If you said to me that they went down, I wouldn't be surprised. I I, I do think there's a. I mean, if none of you have caught on Twitter that Karl Anker has done his um, annual, you get uh, you get a prediction Premier League prediction. Um, and you get to you get a mulligan in January, but what are your predictions for the season, basically? Um, and I was crying at how many people thought Lampard was going to be sacked. I was like, according to this thing, the three most sackable people in the league this year are Tuchel, Gerrard, and Lampard. And I was like, I was like, that is tough. That is tough. But all, it was literally like every other one, Lampard gets sacked. And I'm here to throw my hat in that ring. I think he will get sacked. And I think Sean Dyche <laughs> will be in by October. And in that case, uh, they're seventh. <laughs> Dice, Dice would actually get something out of these. Yeah, players, he absolutely would. That, that would make me put them higher. I'm not going to lie. No, yeah. I kind of like Tarkovsky. I, I think there's a bit of an overreaction. Last year was a howler. I think there's a bit of an overreaction to that coming into this year. And I think that's fair enough. We've got it. You kind of want to be you want to see something from them to prove that last year yeah. wasn't 
Tarkovsky's a good signing. Like Tarkovsky's a good important signing for them. He will make a he will probably make a bigger difference than we think because you watched them last year and their centre half choices were Mason Holgate, Yerry Mina, and Michael Keane. Now they're not none of them are great, but you know what they are. They're all a collection of twos. Like if you if every centre back partnership has a one and a two. Like Van Dyke's a one, Matip's a two, for example. You can't exist on just a diet of twos. Whereas they are, uh, they're uh, at least Tarkovsky has proven that under the right conditions he can actually marshal a very good Premier League defence, and he did do in Burnley. I'd have him higher, but I'm, that's fine. If that's where they they need to be, then that's fine. That is where they um they netted out. So the next three teams. Next two teams, sorry, were level. Next two teams. And they both ended up on 16 points. And it's Leeds and Forest. Um, what? Yeah. I've really gone against the grain with my 16th and 17th. Then. Yeah. So Leeds, I put in 17th because I think they're going to be worse than Forest. I so let's so. talk Let's talk Leeds first. Um, Mike and... Ross were both lo- much, much, much lower on Leeds than you were, Dave. So let's start with them, and then we'll come to you for a bit of positivity for the Leeds fans. Um, who wants to take Leeds from you two? I'll let Jesse March's biggest fan. Uh, <laughs> well, that's that is an excellent place to start, isn't it? Because I think he's a clown. <laughs> I do too, but I'll let you take it. So that's so that's a tough start. I don't, as I've said, I think last week or the week before on this. I don't know who these people are that he's buying. <laughs> out of the red, they're all out of the Red Bull system, so let's see. But they've spent a lot. I know they've brought in a lot for Phillips and Rafinha, but they've spent a lot on quite a lot of new players. Young, young players in the Red Bull system. That concerns me because the whole Leeds team's young. I don't like it at all. I think they've lost their two best players. Apart from Bamford, well, that does that does help him, by the way, Bamford being back. But other than that, I think it's going to be another long, tough season over there at Ellen Road. <clears throat> I, I, I mean, I'm completely with the two of you, and I don't think enough could be stressed with the fact that they've lost their two best players. And I mean, we're not just talking. They Leeds' squad was paper thin, apart from I'd say they had they had a good striker, they had. An, excellent winger who has been proven by the fact he's gone to sodding Barcelona and they also had a great midfielder who is now playing for the the champions so those are those are two massive holes to fill that they're just never going to be able to fill without signing the next person you know what I mean so I think they're in real trouble that is I think what they've tried to do but I have no idea if they are they're gonna yeah find it very hard to replace them I, the narrative about the uh, Rafinha to Barca thing is funny. Everyone, everyone's like, "What the hell? Why would Bar- he's not a Barca player?" I think, I think right. we'll find out this season that he definitely is a Barca player. He's a good player, isn't he? Yeah. I just wanted to quash that one because I'm hearing a lot of, a lot of slander. He's a good player. Um, I would have had Leeds nineteenth. Okay. I thought oh. they were going down comfortably I wouldn't be surprised if they finished 19th to be fair because they've Tyler Adams is in to replace Calvin Phillips um, who the fuck is that guy I have heard of Tyler Adams to be fair the other ones I'm with you I don't know who they are 
25 million on Brendan Aronson from Salzburg. No idea. Another 10 million on Christensen from Salzburg. Um, I mean, Phillips is their massive shoes to fill. I can't see him being able to do that. And it's probably worth saying that Bamford's not going to get the same kind of service now as he was, potentially, um, without Rafinha and Phillips. So, um, yeah, I mean, they're still relying on players like... um, uh, who's the right back? Sorry, these names slip my mind. Luke Ayling. Yeah, I mean, replaced him though. Yeah, but this and Sinistera. I mean, people are quite high on him from he, Feyenoord. Uh, he's quite high but on him, again, he's unproven completely in the Premier League. So yeah, yeah and if they finish nineteenth, I wouldn't. Be this shocked. this the uh, this is very much the worst case scenario. I think I also wouldn't be overly shocked if they finished 12th, to be honest. Yeah. This, I mean, this is the worst case scenario. And I guess your outlook on Leeds is kind of predicated by if you've watched some of these signings and you thought that they're really good. I mean, for me, I'm always more inclined to think about what was the what have I seen before? And what I have seen before is that they had two real superstars playing for them last year and they really struggled still. Um, I don't think Jesse March is a great coach. I don't think he was, he he certainly wasn't great in the Bundesliga and I don't think he was great for Leeds last year too. And I just think there's there's too many question marks for for me to have a positive outlook on them. But Dave, you are a ray of sunshine as always. Please explain to us why you had them. Where did you have them? (laughs) Twelve. Yeah, you could, be, I, you could be bold here, and right? Right, I, I'm being bold. I might be. I like massively, it. I could be massively wrong, but I think underneath the fact that yes, they have lost two very important players, I think they've actually recruited fairly well. Like, admittedly, I admit I haven't watched players like Aronson or I haven't watched any of their signings really. However, no, listen. However, they needed a right back desperately. They've gone out and bought a right back. They need another winger. They've got another, they've got two wingers. Sinistera, to be honest, seems pretty decent from what I've seen and heard of him. I mean, one thing I'll say with Leeds as well, most players they've signed in the Prem, I mean, Junior Firpo, absolutely not in this bracket, but most of the players have been fine. So I don't know if we're being harsh on them just for picking players. I mean, when they signed Rafinha, he was a guy who just had like one good season at Rennes, I think it was in France. Look how he turned out. There's no saying that these players are guaranteed to be... Was it not Renz? Was it Nice? No, he was better. Than, he'd, he'd had more than one good season. OK, but the thing is, is they with the money that they've got for two players, they've gone out and bought like six players when they were a thin squad. I think adding depth is is being overlooked. I feel like they had they did have those two great players, but they had a very, very thin squad. They've gone out and got two centre mids. Yes, I don't think Tyler Adams and Mark Rocco are going to be on the level of Phillips, but I think they're probably going to be fine. Aronson could be fine. Sinistera, like I said, quite high on him. Christensen's got to be better than Luke Ayling. Luke Ayling was really struggling towards the end of last year. And they signed Darko Giabi, who's highly rated by Man City. So I, I really think that this could come together. I do have question marks about Marsh. But I was actually saying with Ross, to be honest, before we started this pod, anyone between like 10th or 16th, you could put them anywhere. So Leeds are, Leeds are 
as much 12 as they could be like 14th. But I think they've got enough in them to stay up pretty comfortably, to be honest. That's my honest opinion. Fair enough. Fair enough. People are giving them credit for. Fair enough. And um, look, there are millions of people around that will try and tell you that they've watched every signing that walks through the doors. There are millions of people around that will, when they've signed, when Liverpool were linked with Nunes, will have been able to tell you, oh, I watched tons of Nunes, and they didn't watch tons of Nunes. Most of the time, you just have to go off what people are saying. And you're right, people do rate that Sinisestra. And they, they say he was good and they say he's going to provide a little bit of what Rafinha provided. I think the thing with Leeds is it's almost better what you know than take the risk. Because we have seen in the past, sell your marquee player, bring in lots of depth to try and improve the level of the squad. None of them work. No, no. It is it's a tested thing. It could either go really well or, or I do agree, it could go totally tits up and they get relegated. And we will, and we will see. Um... Oh, only one person to throw to here. The Forest man himself. Mike, where did you actually have Forest? I think I, I think I actually might have had them where we've got them. Yeah, 16th. I had them, is that I had them 15th, to be fair. I had them 16th. I managed to convince them all on last week's pod. Look at me. Bro. Yeah, you actually did, to be fair. <laughs> this is amazing. Rodder just cut what I said last week. I'm only joking. Um, I like Steve Cooper. I think he's a really good manager. Um, and that is a, a big reason why I think they'll do better than the other two promoted teams, because I think they're going to have plans for, ev- for every opposition, particularly in the first half of the season, like we saw with Sheffield United and Brentford have done it, Leeds have done it, Wolves have done it. You can get off to a pretty good start, and if they get off to a good enough start, they don't even have to be that good second half of the season when everyone's worked them out a bit more. They, they're already picked up mostly enough points hopefully um but yeah decent additions they've essentially bought a whole new team and more probably um which is what they needed to do the squad wasn't good enough we went for a few of the names last week the highlights that i would would pick out i like neko williams as we said toffolo i like as well lingard i like uh, named my fantasy team after him so that's good nailed uh, off young player of the year <laughs> and Dean Henderson in goal, I think, is a really, really, really solid pickup. And he's unless Leno signs for Fulham, and even if he does, he might still be the best of the goalkeepers down there. And that can that can win you plenty of points in the Premier League when you need to just grab a, a late point or something. He can make that save, and he definitely can. They do feel a little bit like this year's Sheffield United, don't they? I think they could be because I th- they're so like, well, I thought they were pretty low budget and then they've just been buying everyone in sight. So it's <laughs> great. I don't know what's going on, but it's fun. The thing is with Forest as well is you actually know they're going to be well coached. A bit like Sheffield United, you know Wilder. Obviously, in that first season, what made them so good was they were coached so well. Cooper is a very good coach. He was good at Swansea. They were, even on a very tight budget, they were starting to get close to the playoffs, which is way above where they could have been. Um, and then obviously he's got Forrest up. Um, and when he took over, they were they were pretty much, they were bottom of the league actually last season after like six games. And he's took them up for the playoffs. I mean, they're going to be very well set up. They're going to be quite exciting to watch. 
as well, I think. And their signings reflect that, the way those players play. So, yeah, fair enough. I, out of my three, out of the three newly promoted teams, they're far and away the ones that I have the most faith in staying up. Fair enough. Which is fair. funny because they were the lowest finisher, obviously, came up through the playoffs. But still, I still would back them over the other two. There is something there in that yeah. actually how you get up doesn't matter when you're in the Premier League. No. I mean, Norwich win the championship all the time, but as we've already discussed, they then crap the bed when they get into the Premier League. Fulham do the same thing, basically. Fulham, yeah. West Brom. I think there's definitely something to be said, though, for us having to wait so long to get into the Prem. And since they're last in the Prem, they dropped down to League One. They've had it pretty tough. I think it matters a lot to them. Uh, obviously, they've waited for this opportunity for a long, long time. Maybe Fulham, not so much Bournemouth because they've only gone down once, but you could say Fulham take being in the Premier League for granted. I think for Forest, it means much more. Yeah, remember when Huddersfield came up, the, ma- the madness that that was? Yeah, it's the, it's the same thing. And yeah, Forest are a bit like Leeds, really. Massive club. Yeah, yeah. It's nice to have, it is nice to have them in the, the league. It's almost, it, it almost they feel I know it's weird to say given that they've barely been in I mean have they ever been in the league in our lifetime I can't remember but what I'm saying is it does feel like they're a Premier League side and it just in name alone and stature alone whereas I mean teams like um, Bournemouth for example are Leeds are and things like that so just to have them in the league is going to be nice also always good to have them in the Midlands club yeah there you are yeah who's their rival in the Prem now Leicester? Yeah, probably. God, then. Well, they're going to take six points from them, so that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Also, my other prediction for the season, fucking Brendan Rodgers is gone. I mean, I give him to December. He is pony. He really is. (laughs) (laughs) He's. We'll get on to Brendan later. Um. Again, the next three teams are all in a all level on eighteen points. In 15th, we've got Wolves. In 14th, we've got Southampton. In 13th, we've got Brentford. I am debating moving Wolves and Southampton, so whatever you guys want to do, there's fine. I think Brentford are clearly the best of these three teams. So should we start with Wolves? Mr David Harris, obviously, you're worried about many things. Global warming... Um, the cost of living crisis but the thing that's been aggravating you most in the last couple of weeks is the Wolves transfer situation to talk yeah. to me what's going on here do well, you think this is a bigger crisis than the Ukraine talk I'm not, not even <laughs> that far but I mean Wolves had a thin squad at the end of last season they've lost players and they've not really bought anyone through the door even the players that were on the bench even some of those guys have been loaned out I mean if you're loaning out even your depth for players to sit on the bench, that Jimenez is injured, that already means that, what, they've got Huangi Chan to play through the middle? Probably that's about it. Even Fabio Silva's out on loan, not saying that he's good, but if Huangi Chan's terrible, who do they even turn to as an alternative? Um, Adama doesn't want to be there, clearly. So even though he could be utilised as being... I'm not going to say a good player, just an exciting player that offers something different. He's probably not bothered. Pedro Neto's decent, but he was out injured most of last season. Pedence is decent, but I feel like he's, yeah, 
I mean, it's any injury to any of those players and who on earth are they playing instead? I mean, I think they're obviously better than the teams you've already listed. I think they do have that quality. I quite like the defence, to be fair. Of, like, there's, a, Cody, there's, Cody there's a solid base there, isn't there? It's really solid. Um, a, the difference between them and the others is there's a spine there. Even if it is Jared Martinia running around the midfield at 42 yeah. years of age, there's still something there, and that's what some of the others don't the, have. The defence is good. Like, eight, eight Nori or whatever his name is at left-back, some really good young full-back. Semedo, to be fair, was, was pretty solid. He, he was decent enough for them. And then, but Co- Cody Coleman and Collins is like a really, really good centre-back three. I mean, all of those guys seem pretty decent on the ball. So I think that, that works well. It's, it's, but my concern is just the squad depth. They obviously have some very good players. Like Ruben Neves is a great player. They've got, the, they've got quality. They just have, you know, I think I put in my notes... Any any sort of injuries, and we'll be talking about them the same way we were talking about Leeds last year. Who are they going to play, and do they? Ha- is the person that they're missing even going to make it back for the end of the season to get them some crucial points? Where did you have Wolves, Dave? I had them um, 16th. Mike, where did you have Wolves? They were 14th on my list, above Ross. both the other two teams here. Actually. 15th. Ooh, but Dave's right. Leeds is a great comparison to this, I think, last year. Sars out injured at the moment and Jimenez is obviously gone. As Dave says, there's there's no one up front. There's absolutely no one apart from Huang and Jimenez and Jimenez is out. Other than that, it looks all right. The, squ- the names on the on the squad are good. It's just <laughs> there is no depth whatsoever here. And we're, and we're talking we're talking about Jimenez with a bit of bit of reverence here, but he didn't. He was not great last year. I mean, understandable, obviously, yeah. based off what he's been through. But he was not great, and they really struggled for goals. And I, I, I do with Wolves, and the reason I had them lowest of the three was that last year, last year, or if you look at it on, if you look at it, just look at the league table, you're like, oh, it's not too bad. But then when you look at the lack of goals, and then when you look at the overperformance by Salah, and the way those games went. There has to be some regression to the mean with this keeping. There has to. It feels like they're on a hiding to nothing, and it does feel like they have something. They have a base, but they really have not built on that base, and that's why I just I am like you, Dave. I'm really worried about their ability to score goals, and I'm really worried about what an injury to Connor Cody does to this team. They're also rubbish to watch. They either draw nil nil or lose or win one nil, and that's it. It is fucking shite. (laughs) They also play Man United eight or nine times conservatively a year. And that is part of the reason why I think it's so shite. We have to go to Molyneux like four times a season. It's a joke. Mm -hmm. Shite away end as well. Um, So, I've then, let's move on. We've kind of ended up with Southampton in 14th. Um, Southampton we had going down last year and if you said to me Southampton go down this year I'd be like yeah fair enough I just you never know what you're going to get with Southampton you never know what you're going to get each week, week to week with Southampton um, who's where did you each have Southampton 17th 17th 14th 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 Ross you and Dave are higher than Mike talk to me why I should be more positive about Southampton don't say Theo fucking Walcott. No, well, I, I mean, 
I don't think Walcott played much last year, did he even? Um, yeah, I just... I mean, yeah, they had Broger, didn't they, last year, who started well, but faded towards the end. Um, Armstrong struggled a lot last year to score goals. Um, for me, he's going to be just one of those championship strikers who doesn't quite cut the mustard in the Premier League, but we'll see this year, maybe. Uh, they've got a Rebo from Rangers. Um, seems like that could be a decent a decent signing. Um, and a bunch of other signings I'm not too sure about, to be fair. Um I mean, I know we're fans of uh, of the manager, but I just feel like maybe, as you say, they're, they're quite similar to Wolves, I feel. Just they might struggle to score. They're atrocious defensively. Um, I mean, they finally got rid of Shane Long, which which could be good for them. Um, yeah, I, as you say, I mean, if they finished, they got relegated, I wouldn't be that surprised. But then again, they finished 12th or something. Wouldn't be that surprised. I I think they're down there with Leeds. Them and Leeds for the last relegation spot is what I was tossing up. And the only reason I went Southampton to stay out is because of Ralph. And even now, um, I could I don't know what if Ralph's good or not. I've no idea now. <laughs> Keeps losing nine nil. You just can't keep doing that. <laughs> I feel like he's decent, but is he? I don't know. I just. Uh, oh, I don't think the squad's the very list. good, to be fair. The squad's not good. They've got no goals. They've got no goalkeeper. They've got no defence. They've got a couple of centre mids. That's what they've got. I, d- I, think, I think you can answer the question as to is Ralph good by the fact that I think if you were going to rank the squads on paper, Southampton's would probably be third last. Yeah, it was quite possible. I mean, yeah, yeah I, that's I, where I was going to put them. Yeah, and then I changed my mind and put Leeds there instead. But. Yeah, like I, I think he's good, and I think they have had a weak squad for a very long time. So that um, he's almost graduated to the point where I look at the I look at the squad and I'm like, yeah, but Ralph's going to get just enough out of them that they stay up. That's where I am with that. It's kind of like the Burnley conundrum that we used to have, where you were sort of like, well, that squad is shit, but. I trust the history here, but so why don't like a Palace or someone or Leicester when when Leicester sack Rogers, Hasselhoff's name is not going to be in the ring. Why is that? He was in the ring when they sat Lampard. Yes, he was, but that was when his stock was a heck of a lot higher than it is now. Mm-hmm. And the honest answer is I don't know. Um, I get. <laughs> When he first came to the league, we all thought he was point. a genius. Then he keeps getting tonked. Now I don't know what to think. It is a good point. And there, there is there is something there that the way he plays football, it's a bit Bielsery in that sometimes you're going to get tonked. And another times against City, for example, Southampton look like the best team in the world whenever they play City. Um, but it's very strange. Then occasionally they just get turned. So they are the most, it's a cliche, but they are the most Jekyll and Hyde team in the league. True. One thing's uh, certain. I'm worried for. I really am. One thing's certain. They lose Ward Prowse. Yeah, if they lose, oh, you might as well pack it in. To be honest, so they lose Ward Prowse and they lose his what his set piece delivery. I'll be really, really concerned. Every time I turn on the Southampton game, I'm, part of me still thinks that Mayushid is going to play. 
He'd slot. He'd come to me slotting that defense. Now. He would not. <laughs> Look, I'm telling you now, he would not. Um, and then so in 13th, not for us is um, I've got I've got Brentford. I think they're better than all of the others, and the one reason, one reason only is Ivan Tony. They've got a reliable goal scorer. The rest of them don't. Harsh. No, I think that's completely fair. I did put Brentford in 17th. I had him 13th as well. I was bang in the middle, I think. 15th, yeah, 15th. All right, we'll start with you, Dave. Yeah. I like this. So, my concern with Brentford is that they were very good in the first half of the season. The second half of the season, they were really, really struggling. And Ericsson really seemed to pull them through the second half. And he's gone. Like we said before, Ericsson was a luxury player that Brentford had no business having, really. Like, it, it's crazy that... It, it makes sense, obviously, what happened to him. But in the grand scheme, it's crazy that Ericsson turned up for Brentford for six months in in the Prem at, like, 30. So he was a luxury that they shouldn't have had, but somehow they managed to. And that quality really pulled them through and clear of that relegation battle that I'm pretty sure they could have been in. My issue is, is obviously without Ericsson, how on earth do you replace a player that was way above your level anyway? Um, they've signed like Lewis Potter, who's more of a wide man who could come good. I mean, to be fair with Brentford, they've got a pretty good track record with signings. Like that, they they usually recruit well. Aaron Hickey at left back, I like. I mean, he seems highly rated. I think he's still only twenty. Playing in Serie A for, for a couple of seasons for Bologna, I think. Um, apparently pretty decent. I do like Strakosha, the, the keeper from Lazio on a free. I think that's a smart bit of business. But my only real concern is that Brentford without Ericsson last season were really struggling because people worked them out. What surprised they in spring this season where people can't just work them out from the start? And they don't have that luxury quality player that can turn a game. I know Tony's brilliant. He is. But around him and in that midfield, that they've lost an absolute gem of a player. And I'm not sure how they recover in the, the whole season across that. Well, what I would say is that they did the best of their work last year without Ericsson, to be fair. That's where they earned most of their points. Um, yeah, Strakosha proven Serie A goalkeeper Ben Mee as well from Burnley um, and as you say you just trust their signings you trust the way they recruit on on this subject sorry to interrupt they have just had a £15 million bid accepted for Damsgaard the Danish the Danish winger who yeah, if any of you watched if yeah. any of you watched um, the England-Denmark game you'll remember him because yeah. he, he some yeah yeah, yeah, and the lot of the suggestion for the Brentford journalists is that he will slot right into that Ericsson spot. But sorry, Ross, I just thought that was useful for the conversation. Yeah, no, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, you think he would offer? I mean, obviously not yet, probably as good as Ericsson, but he'd offer to the similar sort of similar sort of play. He's young as well, isn't he? Twenty-two. Twenty-two. So, and Thomas Frank's a good coach. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I do quite like Brentford. So. That is so Brent for that move. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just quickly as well, on Wolves, I've just seen that panning there and for Barrett and Diaz. Does that change anything? There we go. No, absolutely not. He is nailed on to score two goals. 
the Adam Armstrong of this season. Oh, exactly, exactly. He's, he's 100% he's, the next big why championship goal scorer. Yeah, he he's so balanced. Oh, anyway, back to Brentford. Um, Mike, you're in the middle. Anything new to add? I haven't got much to add. Uh, I think the squad is fine. They'll probably their, their additions will probably work out pretty well. I like Thomas Frank. I think they'll be. I think they'll be safe. I don't think they'll be quite as good as last year. That's basically where I ended up at fifteenth. That's fair enough. Fair enough. I like Brentford. I'll tell you now. I think it's I because like I think it's because they absolutely battered us last year, both four one, and we beat them one 0 at their place, and we, they absolutely battered us then. We played them in the cup, we beat them, but they absolutely battered us. So I think I've just got that mental block. It's kind of like when you ask me, are we going to lose four 0 to Bournemouth this year? Absolutely. <laughs> that would be a tough loss this year. Correct. Look, absolutely. Shamsar and Chatra can be tough. Oh. Is that oh, no. Gosling still there? He always scored against us. <laughs> Surely not. Uh, Ryan's brother. Anyway, in 12th, um, and that was the end of our... Um, oh, no, it's not the end of our ties, I tell a lie. Um, in 12th, we've got Villa. Um, going back to the Carl Anker thing from earlier, uh, I think Villa are nailed on to sack Gerrard, and then his replacement is going to drop Coutinho and play Buendia, and then they'll finish comfortably top half. That's my other prediction. I think... Gerard, like the foot, like the footballer he was, he is absolutely pony. He flatters to deceive. His football is gash, and I just think he's garbage. But anyway, uh, where did you all have Villa? Thirteenth. I did have him in twelfth. Eleventh for me. You can oh, work that out. Eleventh for me. Look at that! Right, who wants to go first to talk to me about why I should be excited about a team who doesn't play the pace? I'm I'm happy to go. Um. <laughs> I don't think you should. No, seriously. I think as much as I think Gerard isn't great and I think playing Coutinho is actually a bit of a... Well, it doesn't really benefit the rest of the team. Like, Coutinho's obviously got so much technical ability, but he's pretty slow. Uh, he holds on to the ball a lot as well, Coutinho, whereas Wendy moves it on quicker. Um I just think they've got way too much quality compared to the other teams that we've talked about for them to really worry. I mean, even if Gerard gets off to a stinker, which is likely, the sort of scope that Villa have, they're probably going to get in a decent replacement. Um, and I think, to be honest, that Kamara seems a, a decent signing in midfield. And if he can play how he's been like dubbed, that would fix a massive gap in their midfield. I think Diego Carlos obviously has to be an upgrade on their centre-backs from what I've seen about him. Now, it's one of those signings where is a reason that he didn't go to a bigger team and we're going to witness that this season. I don't know. Yeah, but on paper, he still looks an okay signing. I'd say he's better than Azri Konza from from what his calibre is. Um, Azri Konza is still... Villa's still comfortably Villa's second best yeah. center I, I know. But no, I, I think they've just got too much quality to end up in a relegation scrap. Whatever happens, managerial. I think they've just got too many good players. I think I agree. Yeah, might do too. Diego Carlos oh, yeah. is one of those players who you think is 22, but he's actually 29. And, and it was interesting because, sadly, 
I had to do a, a bit. Of, I had to read up about a bit about Sevilla because I wanted to re- find out more about Jules Kunde, which was a, a massive waste. Yeah, well, that was um, worth doing. <laughs> uh, I mean, actually, it, the interesting thing is, as a, the more I read about Kunde, the more I was like, I'm not sure I actually want this guy. <laughs> I think it was when I got to the point where they were like, oh, he's as tall as he's, he's like a little bit taller than me, and I was like, oh, no, thank you. Was that was that when the Barca rumours were confirmed? You decided you didn't want him. No, no, no. You look. As you know, I like to get my hatred in on the Chelsea players' early doors. I was out on Marcus Alonso before we were even linked. Um, anyway, but apparently Carlos is, despite his reputation, is not quite is quite rash, and is a, and occasionally can fit right in at Villa. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. Him and Tyro Mings would be a partnership um, of destruction. <laughs> I think, and it is interesting that taking the captaincy off Mings, giving it to McGinn, does almost feel like a Gerard preparing to to drop him. Well, I drop Mings too, in fairness, but yeah, that's, me too. From a um, I um, <laughs> I feel like I'm really low on Villa, and I had them the highest out of us all. You would I, if I had a one to twenty. Well, I'm surprised. I, I don't think the narrative is about Villa getting relegated. I think it's about whether they can finish in the top. Well, whether they sh- they probably should finish in the top half of their team, their squad. Yeah, they should. Yep. I'm just. Conf- we're talking like they're going to get relegated. Then there's no way they're getting relegated. No, 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 no. no. Villa are the la- Villa are the first team we could talk about here. Where if you told me they got relegated, I would be shocked. They're, yeah, they're not getting relegated. I I'm surprised. So I I'd, I'd be interested to know where Palace and Brighton stuff turn up. Oh, you I know not. we're all high on Brighton. It's the end of our podcast. Brighton, Brighton has got sixty points. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just surprised that this is the narrative. They've got a really good squad. I think they're going to be quite decent again. They've got a really good squad. Better, that's my thing. Yeah, if they've the better manager. I'd have them like eight. It's not even about. I don't believe he's the coach to get the best out of these players. But people are hyped, players. generally, aren't they? I would, I would say, generally speaking. I know we're not his biggest fan. No, but, no, but this is very much... Gerard and Lampard, as coaches, there's a similar thing there in that people are te- people like people tend to be higher sometimes on the coaches based on the name. Like, I, I mean, I liked Lampard as a coach for Chelsea for all the stuff he was doing, but the man couldn't organise a midfield to save his life. And he picked. he didn't pick players based on where they should be. And Gerard is a bit similar, not in the misorganising of a midfield. But he has a team that when you watch them, he plays in a Christmas he plays a Christmas tree, um, which is interesting because he basically has these two cams and he has the and he has this guy up front. Now if he plays Watkins for pace, he doesn't quite have the technical ability to attack in the way Gerard wants to attack. But if he plays Coutinho and Ings, for example, then he doesn't have any pace. And Villa just become really stodgy. They struggle to ball, unless they move the ball quickly through midfield, which they don't do, they just get stuck and they just end up in this situation where teams can sit in on them and counter on them. And it happened numerous times last year when you think to yourself, Villa have had a lot of possession here. They haven't really created anything. Oh, and they've just been broken on and someone scored. And I just think the way Gerard wants to play, the way he has to play with Coutinho doesn't really fit what Villa need to be to take that step up. That's my worry with him. I've seen enough Villa now to tell you I just don't think he's good. Well, there you go. I don't watch a load of Villa. I just, I'm expecting, given the signings they make and 
the team that they have that they should be better than, well, probably half the teams in the league. But I still had them 11th, so there you go. Mm-hmm. So that's quite funny, this, but they are. This is probably the right area for them. Um, the next two teams are tied. Leicester and Palace. Um, so I put Leicester lower. Uh, I don't know why I did that. I think it was because I know that they're probably going to lose one of Madison or Fafana, um, which would affect what I thought of them. So let's start with Leicester. We've all expressed concerns about um, Brendan Rodgers. Um but again, we're predicting them to be bottom half, mid-table kind of fodder. That does feel like a bit of a, a stretch for Leicester, doesn't it, Ross? Yeah, I mean, no new players in, which is worrying already. But, I mean, it becomes especially worrying if they then lose. Fafada is by far, well, their best defender. I know they've got Evans, but he, he can't seem to get on the pitch at all anymore. Uh, and if they lose Madison... I would be surprised if they do lose them both this close to the season, to be fair. I don't think that would happen. But The journalists are reporting it's either or. And I would say probably for Fada's the more likely one of the two because Chelsea's need for a centre-half. But... Well, yeah, and they've got Vestergaard waiting in the wings, to be fair, so that's good. <laughs> I mean, if they do lose both of them, I would have put them lower, way lower, I think. Because eventually Jamie Vardy's going to stop scoring goals. And it... It could, this could be the year. I mean, I mean, he keeps proving us wrong. I know, but I mean, um, Ian Acho just shows flashes now and then. Daka, don't know too much about. I mean, he wasn't great last year. I mean, without Madison scoring a few free kicks and set, setting up some goals, I mean, I mean, yeah. If you're allowed on Vestergaard, then tough, tough scene. I don't know what they're doing in goal. Casper Schmeichel's supposed to be off, isn't he? Yeah. I suppose we've got See? Danny Ward there, actually. Yeah, Casper Schmeichel's apparently looking for options. Now, I can I could see him signing another uh, deal for them. I could see that happening if no one's going to come in for him. I, could I see mean, if all three of them have gone. That would help. It's... Uh... If, if, one of, yeah, if one of those guys go that we were just talking about, that's difficult. I've I've already told you what I think of the lack of signings that Leicester have made. <clears throat> um, I still had them tenth because the the players they have are good, and Rogers is who Rogers is. <laughs> well, uh, I think he's good enough to mm-hmm. he's good enough to do something with this team. So the knock up one of the knocks on Rogers is that he can't coach a defence. And you would anticipate that when they last were really good defensively, you had Evans and Fafana, and they were covered by Ndidi, which is a great structure, which is kind of perfect for when you can't really coach a defence, you don't know how to protect them, you rely on individual talent, which is fair enough. You would say this year, if they managed to keep Fafana and Ndidi fit, they would improve on the defensive side of things. I think the worry for Leicester again is... At some point, Ross is right. The Jamie Vardy decline is coming. And the question is, do you look around and you think to yourself, have they got enough to cover that decline? And I just don't think they do. And I I think that's going to be a real trouble for a team like Leicester that are going to leak a few goals. They couldn't defend a set piece. It was an absolute farce. 
and that goes back that set piece defending i mean they were tall they were tall enough teams so that goes back to coaching is what i'm saying it's not like it's a structural issue where you look at the team and they're all five foot seven or something i mean that was a total joke the team just put in a corner and they just scored it was absolutely obscene what was happening there and yeah you're right that's on the manager not the but he tried to blame it on the players but obviously that's just silly what's interesting is i think with the madison deal um the £50 million bid that Newcastle put in has been turned down. Newcastle said they won't go to 60. Leicester are not selling for less than 60. Um, on the Fafana deal, Leicester are saying they want £80 million. Um, apparently, Chelsea are £20 million apart in the valuation, but they keep talking. The fact that they keep talking probably shows you that regardless of the stance, there's deals to be made here. So... It's a case of which one goes first as to what happens. If you were Leicester, which one are you more likely to lose? Which one are you more okay with losing at this point? Who's more important? I'd probably rather keep Fafana, I think. Yeah, yeah I'd rather keep Fafana also. Mm-hmm. I think Fafana's a star. I think Madison's a good player. Agreed. Yeah. That's what I think. And also, like you, like we say, the defence is a massive, massive problem for Leicester. <laughs> Although, if they... Do get rid of Madison. Who's going to play in there? I mean, who's creating? No, I like Barnes. I like Harvey Barnes. All these money bids flowing around. Where's the two hundred million pound bid from Paris Saint-Germain for Harvey Barnes? Because he is worth it. No one's in for Indeedy as well. Newcastle wanted Barnes at first, and they said no, so they went to Madison now. That's what I thought. Harvey Barnes is. Harvey Barnes again, be for someone good. Can I, can I just tell you something, right? Transfer mark. Tra- no, no. Transfer marked. Two centre backs at Leicester have the same value of 36 million. Can you tell me who they are? Soyuncu and Fafana. That's correct. Yeah. Soyuncu is valued at this. Can I just repeat that? Soyuncu <laughs> is five years older than Fafana as well. Is valued at the same according to transfer mark. Just burn the website. Do you know Fafana was bought for thirty six million? So the same as value hasn't gone up at all since. Yeah. Well, that's. I mean, you could you could see that because of the injury. He's had a year out basically. True, but he was great for them. I saw saw enough in the thirty five games he played two years ago to go. That kid's a fucking stud. I agree. He's just going to shit any league he does. He's, he's good. He's bloody good. Um, yeah, sorry, Leicester fans. I don't think it's going to be that fun this year. My favourite transfer saga of this, the summer is Tielemans walking around like, who want me? And everyone being like, no. <laughs> Him and Ronaldo should package themselves together. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they still wouldn't get sold. I'm not I'm I'm not the biggest Telemans guy, but I mean it is a bonus for Leicester if they go into this season with him playing in the middle with Indeedy. That's still a good base and that's probably why they are where they are. You see our contract next year. I think next year, Telemans, yeah. Because it's looking like he doesn't want to be there. So he'll be gone for nothing. Yeah, and then trading for a couple of prospects. (laughs) Thanks, Mike. I mean, the thing for Leicester is they need to get they need to get players off the books, man. Not more on. Um, all right, Mike, Ross, step back. Time to talk about Palace. Dave, <laughs> talk to me about Palace. Tell me what you like, what you don't like. Tell me who, which one of their youngsters is winning your young player of the year ballot. Well, There's one thing he definitely likes there. This is yeah. 
This is bold. I've put Palace eighth. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? I wish so, the people could see me. Eight. So, so seriously, I thought they were pretty good, good at the season. Eze, Eze's back. You know I'm high on Eze. He's back. Yeah, he's, I... a, he's a top player. <laughs> And I think with their team as well, a lot of them are young. So I feel like Gwehi and Anderson are already good, especially Gwehi. They're only going to get better. Same with Elise, who already looks quality. They've added uh, Chake Decore, who a lot of people are saying is pretty good. Obviously, in their midfield, they need someone to be a long-term replacement for Miller Havich. If this guy's remotely defensive, he can offer that. Malcolm Abue uh, from Derby, he's a really good young player. Um, and to be honest, the same sort of calibre as Elise. I think that's a good signing. And then Chris Richards uh, from Bayern. He's supposed to be a decent young centre-back, but I'd rather put him on the pitch than a 45-year-old James Tompkins. So I think they've added a few decent players. I think their young squad that was already doing well last season... It's only going to get better, and I think Eze being back for a whole season is going to help them massively. But I mean, there's question marks about the strikers, but weirdly, Matata actually looked okay. Question marks about the strikers. I'm not saying that Matata is going to turn into scoring loads and loads of goals, but I think he works well for the players around him, and the players around him have the quality to score goals. So I'm I'm pretty high on Palace this year, as you can tell. Sorry, who did you have seventh? Um, Eddie Howe's on the army. So, oh, no, you t- no, no. So you've tipped him above West Ham? Yeah, West Ham are ninth, Mikey. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> Where did you have them, Mike? Twelfth. I had them eleventh. I'm not as high on Palace. I think they'll have a fine season again. They're getting better. I like Palace. I, they've got a lot of players that I like. They're not. I don't think they're going to finish in the top ten though. I like Patrick Vieira too. To be fair, obviously there's like, not enough goals up there. Edward's a fine player. They're just an average striker machine. Palace. I mean, I mean, we've still got Ayu and Benteke. We've had a career year last year. He had a career year last year, and they finished where? I don't know. He, you're not going to get that out of him again. I don't think. No, but they. They don't necessarily need it out of just him now that Eze and Elise are there. But yeah. on a side note, how is Sam Johnson only 29? <laughs> yeah. He's been around for about 15 years, surely. Is he starting? Yeah, I, I don't see yeah, it. They signed him on a free from West Brom because he refused to sign the contract. They finished uh, 12 gonna... last year, in fairness. Right, is a decent goal, isn't he? They're gonna be they're gonna be fine. It's yeah. gonna be a decent season, I think. Yeah. We talked about incomings and Dave talking about how they needed to replace Milivojevic, uh, which prompted a hilarious face from Mug, which uh, I must admit sent me for a little bit. Um, but they've they've lost Gallagher too. That's a big one. Yeah, I, I know they've lost Gallagher, but I feel like Eze coming back. I'm not saying he's as good as Gallagher, but at least he can do the same sort of thing. Same sort of player. That's what they were missing without Eze. Eze came in and did that. 
I'm not saying I'm absolutely not saying that as they could go and play for Chelsea like Gallagher probably will do this season, but I think as a himself is a very decent player and he'll be able to at least bring that sort of role into the well play that role that Vieira wants someone to play pretty well. So that doesn't concern me as much as okay. it might have done. Allison eighth. Wow. Look, if they finish eighth, I'm going to be over the moon. I like it. You got to have some, some, you do. some wild opinions. You do. And Dave, Dave's once Dave certainly brought the the heat this year, as opposed to you. You two were pretty similar on most stuff. Um, over to Everton. <laughs> right, strap in. It's that time. As we approach the hour mark, it is that time. In ninth with 35 points. Ah, yeah, boys. The end of the round pods team. Brighton and home Albion. Have they got a striker? No. Are they about to lose maybe their best player? Possibly. Do we care? Absolutely bloody not. Let's talk about them. Mike, kick it off. The boys. I don't even know what to say. (laughs) They're just so good. (laughs) <laughs> the, I mean, the squad list is awful. It's and so they've, bad. And they've lost Basuma, and they've lost Kukurea, perhaps. Like, I mean, any other team, we could have them comfortably bottom half, but we've got them in ninth. Crazy. I'm actually, I'm actually stunned. I put them ninth now. That I'm looking at this thing. I put, I put them, them ninth. I put them ninth. I just this like Red Potter that much. <laughs> uh, he's going to have to pull off something with this team. Dave, remind the people where you had them. These two, Adam Ninth. Adam Tenth. Okay, here we go. Danny Welbeck. This one is not going to age well, lads. (laughs) No, it's not. Maybe, maybe not. Where are the goals coming from? More pies than rare season. He's just gone nine. That, that actually would let's, be a career year. Honestly, let's, the net, you never let's, know. let's seriously talk about this because, th- look, they're a good team. They're going to be incredibly well coached. I don't think they're going to go down. I think there's enough there that they're just, they might struggle for a bit, but they're going to look good. Um, I know we talk, we've mentioned that Cucurella could be on the move to Chelsea or Man City. If he is on the move and he does go, that is a, he was Brighton's player of the year last year. Offers a different dimension to their attacking play. He's kind of crucial to what they're doing. Um, if he, if you lose him, is a relegation battle on the cards? Irrespective <laughs> of what we like for Ryan Potter. Mike's face but, is saying yes. Like a team so high on them, I would say yeah. I mean, the rest of their squad is it's not great. I mean, they've got Pascal Gross, so they'll be fine. But can I reevaluate my selection? No, you can't. Picks a final. This is a bad take, lads. Their squad is, they even sold Leo Ostergaard to Napoli. He looks like a good young defender as well. I mean, I don't know who that is, but I uh, this is not good. We're all seduced by the name. No, do you know yeah. what? I, I, I didn't even look at the squad. I just thought it's Potter's Brighton. They're going to be good. But I also thought if I if I put them any lower, I'm going to get massacred. But I am high on Brighton no, because you could have put them anywhere, Dave. And we'd have been like, I, I am I am high on Brighton. I've been convinced and turned on the pod. We know this. I think this is a bottom five squad. <laughs> but Graham Potter's yeah, top five manager, so it's fine. Yes, yeah. fine. 
top that's, two. That's that's tenth in the middle, Mike, which is fine. That's what I predict. Yeah, sounds about right. If you're doing the Cucurella deal, and you're assuming he's going, and it is forty million and a player from Chelsea, are you taking forty million and Levi Cowell as rumoured, or are you asking them for, dear God, please give us a striker? Yeah, striker, absolutely a striker. Make more sense. Especially given more pies linked with a move away. I mean, that literally would leave them. <laughs> well, right? Is there even now? I do hate more pie, to be fair, but that that would literally leave them with just Daddy Welbeck. Everyone which... hates more pie. They can't. I guess money on Brighton to go down. Look at this. Well, so the I am so out on this this squad. <laughs> What you need to be in on, Mike, is Crystal Palace. Nine to one. There we go. Jordan Ayew hat trick send them down whenever they play them second half of the season. Oh. Jordan Ayew can't score three a season, Dave. He's not scoring three. Mate, have you seen him against Brighton? He scored an absolute worldie last season. He is. Like, oh, he's bad. He's still he in loves, the Premier League. I just. He I loves it. Uh, in true, I'm sorry, I feel in, like I've ruined this segment, but I am sure. In true in and around pod for, uh, tradition, it has just been reported that Chelsea have paid the 50 million asking fee for Cucurella. Oh, <laughs> so. Stop. No, they have not. Uh, apparently, yes, they have. Oh, Brighton are going down. I'm lumping on 9 to 1. <laughs> okay, right. Uh, <laughs> let's move on. And, uh, ladies and gentlemen, what we're going to do here is we're going to leave Brighton at ninth because it's funny that one of these pods ages badly almost as soon as you've done it. But there we are. <laughs> we haven't even finished recording this section. Well, yeah, before it's released. But it's for what it's worth, I would have also put Brighton in like 10th without even looking at the squad. So you're not alone, well, that's, that's what I've done. And now I've looked at it, I'm like, oh boy, this is not good. Leno also confirmed to Fulham since we started recording. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> It's like our fault. We have been talking for like an hour and a quarter, which, to be honest, we're making good time uh, for the, one of these pods. Okay. That was a quick writing section, in fact. It was well the quickest that. ever because we realised we might not be talking about them next year. Um, <laughs> I, I think the over-under go- total goals for the season on them is like 20. Yeah, but they'll be good. Trossard or... Trossard is going to go for a Ballon d'Or campaign. You won't see. Um, in eighth, we've got West Ham. 39 points. They're wrong. Right, shaking his head. Brought down a bit by Dave. Um, I had the mate. You had the mate, Mike? Seventh for me. Ninth. Ninth. Okay, Dave, you first. Why are you lower on West Ham? Yeah, I, I just feel like they have been doing well the last couple of years, but I feel like... I feel like the striker issues... I know they've signed Skimaka, but I'm, Jory seems out on him, really. And it's very West Ham. Have they signed a good striker ever? I mean, it'd be very West Ham for this guy to get like five goals and two red cards or something, and they're just sick of him by like January. I don't know. I feel like as well with the squad, uh, they do have some very good players, but, you know, a couple of injuries here and there. Uh, and they've got the, the Conference League as well. I know they went for a Europa League. I'm interested to see how they go another season managing Europe as well. Um, I think really I'm just I'm, I'm more down on them because I think they've been playing like overachieving the last couple of seasons. I think this will be West Ham being them, which is still good, ninth, but just not 
not like sixth or seventh, basically. That's my assessment. And I'm not down on them. I just think they've overachieved the last couple of seasons. Cool. Ross? Yeah, a toss-up for me between Newcastle and West Ham. Um, yeah, I'm with you, Dave. I think I don't think they've got enough to push any further than they have been going. I think they've sort of hit hit the limit there. And yeah, 35 million for Skamaka. Uh, as you yeah, as you pointed out, but the last like 50 strikers have signed almost all of them. Have been. I I have actually seen him play. He could I, be I, good. Yeah. I've seen him play. I watched him. I saw him play against Argentina, and if I'm being honest, he looked like a dustbin with legs. Like <laughs> he was. Like, <laughs> were you about to bring something like he's? He looks really good. Yeah, I've played. Honestly, honestly, like I watched him play, and I genuinely think you could have put um, you could have put a man on stilts out there, and he'd have done better. Now I say that to say that although I've seen him play in that game, he is apparently a very good player. I mean, there was interest in PSG. He's certainly a unit. He's a massive bloke. He's, you would imagine he's going to be a fit for that kind of like, kind of what they had in Haller mixed a bit more mobile though, a bit more like um, Antonio, a combination of both. And let's be honest, let's be honest, the only way is up for a striker at West Ham. Now, I know Antonio is a good player, but it's one of the the key areas of improvement and they had to just get bodies in because you can't get to the situation where you're playing Jared Bowen up front because that's you moving maybe your second best player out of his natural position where he thrives because your team's not constructed properly. But, I mean, guys, they've still got the best player outside the top six. Declan Rice. Declan Rice, Deckers himself. Um, I, just, I just don't see this... West Ham being worse than Newcastle, I just don't see it at all. I don't either. Not for me. The manager's better. The team's better at West Ham. I've, I've got nothing. Uh, Newcastle are the, the team below that I have versus West Ham. It was a toss-up for me, to be fair. I just, uh, I, I, I think know. you've come on the wrong side of the coin. I really do. It may well be true. At the end of the season. Well, the, the, like, I mean, all Smacker has to do... I think I'm 20th. <laughs> <laughs> all Smacker has to do is score more than, like, seven goals in an yeah. eclipse. Callum Wilson's going to do up north. So, like, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I think West Ham are, are going to be good again. I think the time has come to probably stop doubting them. I think they're really good. I trust them now. That's where I'm at. So they're going to be dog shit. But yeah, and the, the thing is, they <laughs> they know what they want to do, and they've had three years of knowing what they want to do. And I think in this league where it's so chopping and changing all the time, continuity matters in some aspects. I just think they're really good, and I don't think it. There is this. There's this contingent of people that seem to think Declan Rice isn't very good. Oh, and he's, he's brilliant. You, they are lost. You lot should have been left in the womb because. <laughs> This guy is—he's unbelievable. Like the Chelsea's have a squad that was in need of multiple positions this summer. But if they'd have said we were going to spend the entire two hundred million war chest on Declan Rice, I'd have been sitting here tipping us for everything. Like he is that good a player, and whoever and whoever gets him, whoever buys him, they're, they're going to be favourites for whatever they're competing in. He is that good. And the fact that West Ham have him just means that I don't think they can be feasibly lower than seventh. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Great. I, I'd say they're comfortably there. That would be my opinion. But anyway. Well, yeah, 
Newcastle are going to be good this year, so that's fair enough. I see, I see what you what you've done. Well, it was close. They were, they they finished one above with forty one points. Um, yeah, Newcastle to me, I don't really know how to pitch them. So, um, who wants to take them? Who wants to talk about what they think we're going to see? I mean, yeah, they were they were excellent the second half of last season uh, under Howe. Obviously, Bruno Gamares is a great player. Joel Linton, to be honest, as a centre mid, is a genuinely good player. It's so weird, but he's generally really good at what he does. Um, I think St. Maximin obviously has quality. Now, I'm not sure he's consistent enough, but in the right system, he could. we could finally see some sort of decent numbers from him. Botman's a smart signing, I think. Uh, he definitely adds to them in their defence. Target, to be fair, I know people. Matt Target isn't the best left-back in the world, but he was good for them, and to sign him is, is positive. Tried and tested left-back, you know, fits your system. Kieran Trippier, obviously, is, is really good, to be honest. He's probably, what, top five right-back in the league, to be fair. Um, I think they've obviously got good players, and they played well last season, and... I am writing this a bit of a, a preemptively. I think they're still going to get at least one, if not two, pretty big signings before this window closes. Um, probably an attacking player, like I saw they were linked with Madison. Maybe a winger. I, I think there's more names to be in this Newcastle team yet. But even so, without those names, I think they're... If they were so good at the second half of last season, what stopped them being consistently that good over the whole season? Yeah, I mean, Nick Pope has Mike put me signing yeah. this season. Ten million, it's a great signing for them, given what they were playing with last year. Uh, yeah, target target's a decent prem left, but I mean, yeah, he's not going to set the world alight. But again, he was good for them last year, and he was way better than what they were playing out there. Uh, Botman's highly rated. A lot of teams are after him. Yeah, I mean, I think them and West Ham will be close. I could see them being finishing quite close to each other, um, but uh, yeah, they they were good last year. I think they've improved the squad this year. So yeah, seventh. But I could see I could see it if if West Ham do pit them. But I think they're going Mike, if Madison joins Newcastle, do you change your opinion? Would you flip him? No. No, I wouldn't either. But I would. Question. I by the way, I, I think that's a really good signing. He did great up there. Yeah, I agree. I think that that's a, a smart calibre of a level of player if you're trying to move up organically in a way. Well, that's sort of the well. sort of player they've been going after, isn't it? Yeah, Rather yeah. than the real big names. Yeah, no, they've been really smart so far. I like what they're doing. I just still, I, I just trust West Ham more. Yeah, I think the one thing you would say about Newcastle is they're aware that they need a striker because they've been linked with a number of strikers. I mean, apparently they've got a bid in for Ferner. Um which is interesting. Um, It'll be real, Newcastle. Yeah, another six goals. Uh, uh, actually, I was, t- I was talking <laughs> to my dad about this. I reckon if Timo Werner went up north and didn't play packed defences every week, he might seem he might stumble his way into seven goals. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's interesting. They're, they're I'll give him six. Yeah, they're an interesting team, and they're probably going to be good. I mean, they the Botman signing. And we keep going back to it, but that's a really good signing. That is a if AC Milan, who 
defined good recruitment over the last couple of years we're after him it's a position of need it's just smart it's just smart business um i i'm just with you mark i just think that west ham are just better right now but i wouldn't surprise me if ne- it wouldn't surprise me next year if um we're pipping them to be above west ham the only thing i'd say if i'm newcastle is i'm sort of hoping i get off to a bit of a shit start because then i can sack out and i can go and appoint pochettino who would love, love this opportunity, I think. Yeah, get a real manager in there. And he, has, team. And he has already proven that if he doesn't want to answer questions in the early months of his career anywhere, he can take an interpreter. So if you're worried about him having to answer those Saudi questions, he just wouldn't do it. Do you think they will get rid of Howe if they start slow? I don't know. It depends... I think, I think they have to start quite slow for that to be. A yeah, thing. surely he's earned their trust after, how, like they didn't do that well when he first went there. It was more when the players gelled uh, by like February. It was more. It was more when they spent ninety million in January. Well, but, yeah, but that isn't you a, are right. There was, I mean, the squad was pretty. Agree, no, agreed, agreed, agreed. But like when he got there, there was nothing he could have done. Is what I'm saying. Sure. They had to spend yeah, serious sure. money. Surely he's at least on their trust. Where unless he's having like a Frank de Boa Crystal Palace start. No, well, it's it's more about it's more about. Do you think that what you can get in the door is better? I mean, no, no disrespect for Eddie Howe. He's clearly a competent coach, but it depends what Newcastle. If Newcastle start poorly and they think to themselves, "Hold on a minute, we can get someone who could be our coach for the next five years," when we are hoping that we're in a much better space. I think that's an interesting thing to do. Of course, it's just reckless speculation, isn't it? But that's what we like to do. It's the vibes. Um, by the way, uh, we were unanimous on the next one. In Good sixth. Man. Sixth, we've got Man United. Yeah. Do you think the scouting system at Man United went on the trip to see Ajax last year when they were scouting Ten Hag and then just not come back. <laughs> because the decision to potentially pay £80 million, and I know I'm sat here while we're about to maybe pay £80 million for Varna, but the decision to pay £80 million on Anthony, perhaps, who didn't even put up double digits in the Dutch league, it feels very Kesman to me. That's a bold comparison. I think they played football manager a few too many times last season as well. <laughs> where Anthony turns into a global superstar. We just stink. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. Uh, no, I mean, I think my fourth, fifth and sixth were pretty interchangeable, actually. I think United are the worst of the six. Ooh. I don't think I agree with that. Gary Neville's. I was not considering United for anything other than sixth. I don't think. No, United were my locked in sixth, actually. Yeah. I don't That's think fine. they're going to be higher than the two above. Yeah. Um, I had a six. I'm just saying, I think it's closer than you think it is, but. Um, I think they're probably going to be better than we think they will. Yeah, that's I, what I think. I wouldn't be too surprised, yeah. But, yeah, it's not great. We're chasing around a guy who doesn't want to come. This Anthony thing is honestly just a joke. It would be really United. He's not even a striker. No. My not even a striker. Ronaldo bullshit to deal with. It's just not great. Well, Anthony plays where Sancho plays, doesn't he? 
That's a yeah, bizarre one to spend money. Yeah. I think Sancho would be really good this year. I think if, if we're relying on Martial, we are not going to finish in the top four. No chance. Absolutely no chance. I think Rashford should be better this year as well. Not... Yeah, you'd probably expect a bit of a bounce oh, back. It can't be any bloody worse. Good yeah, great. I was about to say, the only way is that Rashford, to be honest. I, I was injury, wasn't he, last year? They can bring in whoever they want on the wings. They, and they and I agree that they need. You know, I mean, Sancho had a cold the other day and they ended up playing Galanga. That's how dire the squad is on the wings. They can bring in whoever they want. They were inundated with centre halves. Some of them good. Like I think Varane's a good player. I think Harry Maguire's a good player when he's protected in the right manner. I actually think Lindelof is fine. I think this Lissandro Martinez is probably going to be a good player. Then they've got a good left back in Luke Shaw. I think the right. I think Dallow is not good, but I don't think he's quite as bad as been made out. And they got a good goalkeeper. None of this matters until they get them. Until they get their midfield sorted. And yeah. we're sat, and we're we are getting close to a decade since United had a competent midfield. And the fact that they've spent seventy million trying to get Frankie De Jong through the door, who is not the profile of the player they need to sort that midfield, is baffling to me. Absolutely baffling to me. If Ferguson was still there, Declan Rice would be playing for Man United this year. Yeah, because that is the player they need. That is the kind of player that needs to sort out that Man United midfield. Or at like the very asking something like Ndidi. Ndidi would be fine. I'd take yeah. him. But Rice is the yeah, Rice is the man. Go, just go and get him for God's sake. Yeah, but yeah. Ten Hag really believes that De Jong is, is the guy. But anyway, well, there I, could I think... well be some move. There's going to be some movement from United. I think in the next few weeks. There's I think so. I think so. Um, I, th- I think what I think you can tell by the players that he's talking about bringing in the De Jongs and bringing in Eriksson and stuff. He's clearly no, he's clearly taken one look at that midfield, and we all saw it last year and seen that it's just not technically good enough. Like on the ball, off the ball, off the ball's fine actually. On the ball, like McTominay's a good squad player, but he is not capable of doing what Eric Ten Hag needs you to do. So there's a lot of work to be done. Still, and that's what pisses me off. Every, the top teams have already done most of their work, as we'll get on to, and we're still here scrambling around for a centre mid that we've needed for the last 14 years. God's sake. But I think it is interesting when you look at United and Chelsea in that United have known Ten Hag's coming in for a while. They've had a real opportunity to do business. And then you look at Chelsea and you think to yourselves, they didn't even get the takeover sorted until, what was it, like the middle of the end of June? And they didn't actually were able. They weren't able to get any players through the door until this month. And they're out there making moves. Whereas United, you look at them, they're trying to get these same protracted moves over the line. Which it's clear as day now. I have sold the players they need to sell. They're not going to sell Anthony for less than that money. So if you rate that player, go and buy them. Go and buy them for that money. At least get some. Don't in. go and buy him, please. No, Stop. but it just shows that. It shows that you're sort of doing the bare minimum. When in reality, is if you can't get that player and you need a player in that position, go and look at alternatives. But yeah. yeah. It should get better. I think Ten Hag is clearly a very good coach and the noises out of United are good. It's just the squad still isn't there yet. And while that's the case, they're, they're sixth. Yep. And maybe worse. We'll see. We'll see. Who's fifth? Chelsea. Chelsea. Unanimously fifth. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. They've got no defence. And a lack of goals. 
Well, lack of stri- a good striker, at least. I mean, Lukaku back out on loan. I've been for 90 mil is absolutely tragic. Well, why don't you tell us about Chelsea? I want to hear your opinion. Yeah. Where would you have had them? <laughs> Fourth. Uh, above Arsenal. Arsenal. And I, I will, we will talk about Arsenal when we get to Arsenal. So, I, I'm going really back and forth on Chelsea. I think if they if they sign... If, if Fafana comes through the door, I think if Cucurella comes through the door, and if that happens, I think they'll be really good. I just think they will. And the reason and the reason why, obviously I'm always going to skew more positive towards them. I look at last year, I look at the entire second half of last year where Chelsea came comfortably third, played, gave a good account of themselves in the Champions League and came got to the finals of the Cups. And they did all of that with two of their best wing-backs out for most of the season, missing their best player in midfield, and with the club going through sanctions and all that turmoil, that to me tells me that Thomas Tuchel is just a brilliant coach, an absolutely brilliant coach. Clearly, the really? third, for me, he's clearly the third best coach in the league, which is why I sit here and I think to myself, right, who have we lost? We've lost Christensen and we've lost Rudiger. Rudiger's a massive miss. Christensen I'm less bothered about. I think you can replace him in your, some of your parts that you've got in the squad. And then who have we added? Well, we've added Sterling, who is going to be a massive improvement over what Chelsea have got up front. We're going to get Havertz and Mount are another year older, which you can probably ex- expect them to get a bit better. Um, Koulibaly's in for Rudiger. He's not as good as Rudiger, but he was one of Serie A's best defenders last year. And they've also added Conor Gallagher for depth in midfield. Chelsea's midfield is ridiculous. Ridiculous. If, if I mean, even if Kante's not fit for most of the season, to pe- be picking from Jorginho, Kovacic and Gallagher, that's an embarrassment of riches. They're, they're going to be really good. And if Chilwell and James are back fit, and even if Chilwell goes down now, they've got Cucurella, perhaps. That, that's a good side. That's a really good side. Uh, but you are right that the go- the, there are concerns about the goals, but I just think, I just think they will be good. And I think they will... And they're full of winners. Like, like what you say what you like about them, but the difference... You does sound like Jesse Marsh. No, but, no <laughs> but it does account to something. It does account to have those players who are experienced in playing in those games and that know how to get through a season like that. And that is the difference between them and some of the teams, the next two teams above, above them, is that they, they have that experience. But... If we're sat here and people don't come through the door, they're still probably going to be fine. They're still probably I'd pick them for fourth because I just think they're they're probably going to do it. But I can see why you guys would have them fifth. It's pretty close. I think as it stands today, I would stick with fifth. <laughs> Look, lads, there's, there's a good chance that things change there. And it they were they were so third well. last year with Malang Saar playing a lot of minutes. Tuchel oh, could do yeah. no wrong. Like if you gave Tuchel Man City squad, he gets 114 points. Pep Guardiola's pony. There you are. <laughs> okay, now let's move on. Um, Arsenal are in fourth with 52 points. Um, that means two of you had them in fourth and one of you had them in third. I can guess who, I wonder who had third. Wonder yeah. who had third. Um, let's talk about Arsenal then. I mean, we yeah. have talked about Arsenal for weeks and weeks and weeks about how good we think they are but things worth going over because they have had a good summer yeah I know it's a bit of a reach probably saying third I, I do think Spurs are going to be really good and if you told me Chelsea were there I don't know how surprised I'd really be about that either um, but they've addressed the major issue which was a striker 
Um, and Jesus is a proven Premier League goal scorer. I know we've said it pretty much every week for the last month, but and he's had a great preseason, if that means anything. But uh, does I it? Mean, I'm pretty confident. I mean, set myself up to sound like a, a wallet here, but I, I do think he'll score a lot of goals this season. We've got a lot of creators around him. Um, mm-hmm. And we've addressed another major issue, which was central midfield depth. Um, Vieira's come in from Porto. I mean, he's a bit of a Premier League unknown, obviously, but um, he had a good year last year uh, for them. Zinchenko as well, I think, has been signed with the idea that he will play some minutes in there. Um, and left back was another major issue last year because Tierney, I mean, he's only fit for what well, feels like half a season. Uh, Zinchenko, again, a proven good Premier League player. Um, I, I do think we're going to be really good this year. Obviously, we've got the added thing of Europe this year which we didn't have last year which I think could be tough um, as well but look I'm just I'm 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 high on Arsenal obviously and I I do think it's going to be really close third to fifth I think it's going to be pretty interchangeable but obviously I'm, I'm going to go for Arsenal there third but Yeah, I think, I think Jesus obviously is, is a good signing, same as Zinchenko. I still have question marks about the midfield. Maybe Fabio Vieira is going to be really good, but like you say, he's better known. I think the striker thing finally being addressing is what puts him in fourth for me. But if they had the midfield, maybe I could see them getting past Spurs. I just can't see it without, without that quality addition in centre-mid. Which, to be fair, like Man United at Arsenal, it, you've been lacking someone that can do the role that's needed for a, a good while. I mean, I, maybe I'm being harsh, but I'd, I'd say there's been something missing from that midfield for a while. Probably not as drastically bad as Man United. Like, you've still got Party and, and Xhaka, not McTominay <laughs> and Fred. But it's... Yeah, I don't think that would be particularly missing. comparable. I think one is far better than the other. Yeah, no, McTominay's brilliant. Should we, should we talk about the elephant in the room, though, when it comes to Arsenal's central midfield depth? It's a party. Yeah, because I've not seen it talked about a lot, and I know there's libel laws that affect this, but and the case that is um, out there now, the, the talking on social media, there's some rumours as to whether or not that's true, and I'm not really interested in litigating whether or not it's true. I'm not really interested in talking about the situation as a whole. What I am interested in saying is, if he is the player that we have had it rumoured that he is that player and Arsenal lose him for any period of time, and this is purely sporting, that is a big miss for Arsenal. He is yeah. the only player in the squad that can do what he does. They don't have a player who can cut that. And that is where I'm worried with Arsenal in that I agree that they've addressed some of the depth, but they were paper thin last year. And for the Sunday to Thursday grind... I think they could be, they're just as paper thin this year. I really do think they need another quality addition in midfield. Um, I like all the other work they've done. I think they're, I think they are going to be really good. I think they're going to be much better than last year. I like what Arteta does. I just am concerned about the depth. And I'm also concerned about Arteta's ability to coach players who are less than he's high quality. We saw it, the better Arteta, like any manager, 
when you have players in your who fit your system, your teams play better. But particularly with Arteta and Guardiola, these players who have very particular styles, when they have players who don't perhaps gel with them, like he's going to be forced to play this year, standards dip. And I just think I'm worried about a bit of the squad if I were Arsenal. If if part if Partey is uh, well, yeah, I mean if he is gone for the season or most of it, whatever, uh, there's no way they finish above Spurs. I don't think. I, I don't see that. If, it, we if have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah, it's it's hard to it's it's really difficult to speculate, but it bears it bears saying that that yeah. is something that's hanging there. And I will go further than that. If Partey is gone, they're not finishing top four. Uh, yeah, I, I can. Yeah, uh, yeah, oh, I can agree with so, that. So, so that's that's why I'm that's why I'm bullish, a, a little less bullish on Arsenal's chances, despite yep. all the fantastic work they've done. I think Saka this year is going to be amazing. I think actually having a player to play with, to dovetail with, I think we're talking we're talking definite young player of the year candidate again. Could he make a run at being player of the year? I think he is that good, and I think he's. He's, he's going to be up there particularly. He wasn't one of the chances. nominees last year, wasn't he? So. Yeah, but a serious nominee. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I think he is really, really good. I mean, right back's another one that slightly concerns me from Arsenal's perspective. Yep, 100% agree Tommy with that. Tommy Arsu, yeah. can he stay fit? And if he doesn't stay fit, who are we playing out there that we like? Big Cedric, mate. Get him out Just, there. I don't I mean, Cedric. We do still have Bellerin. I wasn't expecting him to be around, but he is still... No. In the squad, and he's been playing. So, and it's the and it's the same it's the same stretch across the squad because I'm assuming that Kieran Tierney, and I love Kieran Tierney, is going to spend a significant portion of this season injured, which means that Zinchenko is going to have to play a significant portion of the season at left back, which means it's not covering midfield. And if you've got an injury there, oh, they, that's that's yeah. the worry with Arsenal. Yeah, not, I do agree, but I mean, there's nothing saying that Tierney won't play a, a full season. I know the history is <laughs> against that. But I mean, you I, don't know, do you? With injuries, to, you, you really don't know. Tierney to me is now like um, now like N'Golo Kante. I will believe they're capable of playing a full season of football when they play a full season of football. Yeah, no, I get it. And I think you have to kind of move with that anticipation. I mean, the virus has got us cover. I mean, yeah, that's a tough scene. I on our on Arsenal, and actually, Arsenal to me are the most interesting of all the. The, the lot because they have real if they I could there is a series there is a C, there is a there is a way they could finish third in my mind and there is also a way they could finish fifth and there is a way they probably could finish sixth yep. so that's why they're so interesting I'm particularly interested to see what happens to Smith Rowe this season where's his natural place in this Arsenal team because he is really exciting talent but I'm sort of just interested to see what happens with his development I mean mostly the end of last year he was sort of impact sub which is not great if he's going to push on and take the next step because you'd think he probably is best where Odegaard is mm-hmm. I know he has played when he starts he mostly comes off the left but I think the way he drives with the ball and carries it from the central area is where you want him and yeah it's not going to be great if he's just coming on for 10-15 yeah. at the end but yeah, yeah. it's going to be interesting and I, I also want to see if Jesus can score more than 14 goals because I think he probably can, but... But a 14-goal season would be... No, he's good. He's good, but for Arsenal to finish third, he needs to score more than that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, Arsenal are a side who have goals elsewhere, to be fair, on the front. True. They're going to have to score more goals than the rest of the 
the teams in this hunt for the top four because their defence isn't as good and their midfield isn't as good. True. That's why he yeah. needs to be better. But anyway, going to be good. Going to be interesting to watch. Um, no doubt we'll talk about them a lot. We talked about them a lot when they were shit. I mean, this is, the, <laughs> is that the most positive Arsenal segment we've ever had on the podcast? Even with me shitting on them for about two minutes in the middle? Not shitting, literally. This is very possible, that was, yeah. So, um, Before I was on, it was just the most anti-Arsenal football podcast I've ever listened to, I think. But to be fair, they were shit. No, they were, true. Um, in third are Spurs um, Ross had them in fourth you two had them in third um, Spurs here's my question to you are Spurs closer to the top two than Chelsea and Arsenal or is it very much a London kind of trio battling it out and those two off doing what they usually do it, it's strange because I think well I don't think Arsenal to be fair but I think Chelsea and Tottenham have the potential to be closer to the other two than it be a three horse race um, don't know why. I just think with Chelsea, like you say, with the potential signings, but with Spurs, I think they already were good under Conte last season. Just how they got into the top four in the first place. Kane and Son obviously are, are like world class players, and I think that that could be enough for them to to pull through. I think really it just depends uh, on how good Liverpool and Man City are to if someone can even be anywhere near them. Because like we've seen the last few years, even third place is usually some way off whoever finishes second out of those two. I think it probably will be more of a three-horse race. But towards the end of the season, maybe whoever finishes third will actually pull clear of fourth and fifth as well. Um, But I'd say they have potential to, to challenge the top two a bit more, but they've, I think it's still behind. They've added smartly, haven't they, Mike? I mean, that's one thing you would say. Yeah, I like the moves they've made. I like their manager. I think they, <clears throat> I think they're going to be very, very good this year, which I hate to say. It makes me feel a bit sick, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> um, I think, I think we've got a an obvious number one. I think Liverpool are going to be a little step down on what they were, and then. Spurs are still a little way behind that. That's what I think. I don't, I don't think Chelsea and Arsenal are all that close. Well, Chelsea could be. Chelsea could Arsenal be. That's the thing. There's a. It could get interesting if if uh, everything starts to blow up at Spurs. That's kind of what we're looking for, isn't it? But I think it's going to be yeah more of a three-way thing between Spurs and Chelsea and Arsenal. I, I don't. I think if you'd ask me which one would be closest. I mean, I don't put Arsenal third, but I think the the best out the best um, outcome for Spurs, if everything goes right, I could potentially you could see them getting close. But for me, as I would be, I think it's just going to be the two up there again. I don't, I don't think it's going to be all that close. See how they balance the Champions League. That's what I was going to say. Everything I said about Arsenal also applies to Spurs. I think. Yeah. I mean. Because they, they went in the group, didn't they? Last, yeah, last year. They, they have they have a bit they have a bit more squad depth than Arsenal, I think. I think, yeah. and I, I think their starting eleven is 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 good now. I think it's really good. I think um, Kane is Kane's obviously amazing. Son's amazing. That balance with Kulusevski on the right, I really like that front trio. I think it's really good. Benton Core is very good. Yeah, agreed. I think that midfield has got quality. Of, all the way through it. Um, I'm still not overly sold on the wing backs. I'm not sold on 
one of the centre halves, but I think Romero's an absolute star. So I think there's a few things there. I think they'll be really good, but I, I think they're some way off the top two. Jed Spence is strange. He like I've seen a lot of him in the championship. I mean, at Middlesbrough, Warnock didn't really like him, so he loaned him out. He obviously did well at Forest. He does have potential to to really come on and be a, a very good fullback, but he could also be way out of his depth. But if he comes if he comes off, he's a very exciting player. So even Spence could turn out to be decent. To be fair. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I think they're going to be good. I think they're probably at this point in time the best of the, the best of those three. Yeah. Um, I, I do also think there's real blow-up potential here. Like, and Conte is a tremendously talented manager. And I know I said I thought Tuchel was clearly the third best manager in the league earlier. And I think what factors into that is that there's the combustibility. I mean, last year we saw Conte say that he was about he was going to quit after they drew nil nil with Burnley. Like he is not an easy manager and when he downs tall does his players down to tall like we've seen it at Chelsea we've we've seen these things go wrong we've, we've just seen it go wrong so. but I will tell you one thing now it's put up or shut up time for Spurs they've got to fucking win something because no, this team's great it's the last chance you've got at like a soft rebuild I think which is what they've gone through um you're in the prime of Son and Kane's career. I'm not saying you have to win the Premier League, but you have to win something. If it's an FA Cup, if it's a champion, if it's a Carabao Cup, like they have to take those competitions really seriously. Like Honestly, it's all well and good. It's all well and good getting a top four, but you have to win something. It's arguable that last like seven or eight years, Tottenham have had like probably the best sort of teams they have in a long time since like the yeah. 60s, 70s. And if they get nothing to show for it, I mean. It's just, can Spurs ever be in the argument? Can they be arguing with the rest of the big teams fans when in their team's essential modern-day golden era they couldn't even get a trophy? Not even a League Cup. No, that's what I mean. They literally, these guys to even have any sort of legacy, which to be fair, they deserve, I would say at this point, they need to win a trophy to cement it. Because they're just going to be remembered as the needy guys. Harry Kane. Up over the line. Harry Kane is an all-time player. An yeah. all-time player. And Son's a very good player too, don't get me wrong. And they've had Ericsson in this time and they've done, they've had some very good teams and they were unlucky to to be so good and just not pip it. They in a, I think if you run the if you run that two year period under Pochettino a million times, I think they win the league a lot of times. I do think they win. Yeah, I mean how they didn't beat Leicester as much as Leicester was absolutely great. They that was their league for the taking and they And they, they didn't even finish second. No, they like, totally collapsed. Uh, it, they need, they need to win something. They need to win something. Kane needs to win something. They just Kane goes for his career without winning a trophy. It's an absolute scandal because the guy's an all-time striker. Yeah, they look, all-time. I'm not saying they have to win the Premier League. I'm not saying that, and I know they've got to finals. They have to win something. They just have to get yeah. a medal. They just, they just have to. Um, in second, we've got Liverpool. Um, yeah. Uh, they were unanimously second um, between the three of you. Um, why? Um, I think I think to be fair with Liverpool, there's the talk of a decline. Um, it's no secret that some of these players are starting to get towards, you know, the latter parts of their careers at the same time. Like Salah, Firmino, um, Van Dijk, they're all starting to get older. But I don't think they're at the point where they're massively just going to fall off. 
I think one thing with Salah, I know he's a bit older, like 30, but last season there was the whole contract thing hanging over him. I think Salah with a new contract possibly get, I mean, he's been fantastic since he signed him, but it could possibly get into an even better season than last year. Um, I think obviously Nunes, I mean, people are going to make compilations of any player missing anything or a bad touch. Everyone does it. It's just unfortunate there's cameras on people more than ever these days. I'm sure from from scouting and how he was at Benfica that I'm sure he'll at least show glimpses of being good. If not, he's going to be a disaster. Like You can't sign an 85 million striker and the guy's useless. But I think the squad's still good. I still think they could have it in them to go basically toe-to-toe with City. Uh, but obviously there's one big elephant in the room with City, which is why I think no one's going to quite catch them. But I think this Liverpool team is still very good and most of them are at the peak of their power still. That's why I think they're still, for me, going to be pretty much in challenge second. Yeah, I think they're going to be... I do, I do think they're going to be really good again. I just think a lot of it is the case that they're better than the teams below them, but haven't yeah. got quite enough to get up to, to City. Um, yeah, I mean, it's difficult to say with Nunes, isn't it? I mean... Mm. Mane's gone, which is massive. He's been so reliable and so good for them the whole time he's been there. Um, to replace it with Nunez, who has only really had one good season, and it was in Portugal. So, but I, I mean, I don't think... If he scores, like, what, seven or eight goals, obviously that's a terrible season for a player that costs that much. But I don't think that holds him back from finishing second. And they've got easily enough and the rest of the team. He's going to be good. He's going to be really good. Oh, no, I'm not saying he's not going to be good. He's going to, score, he's going to score nine goals this year solely from being put through on goal where he can't miss because that's yeah. what happens with Liverpool. Yeah. Yeah, Mane's a big miss. I think they're just a, a, they're a little bit of a step down for City. They're way better than the rest of the teams, though. Yeah, agreed. Way better. But I... And and if you look at this squad and you want depth to play however many ridiculous number of games they play, they, they have it. Um, for what it's worth, I think they're going to win the league. Ooh. Ooh That's why you've been okay. smiling when I keep saying about... Yeah, I think they're going to win the league. Okay. I really do think they're going to win All the right, league. All right, big boy. And it's... Because and, I think they're going to... I think you're right. Mane's a big miss. But when Mane was moved in... When Diaz came in, he was really good. And when they moved Mane into the cent- into centre-forward slot to kind of accommodate him, Salah's form took a massive dip because they were operating in the same spaces. Um, yeah, I, I'm i not particularly worried about the goals. I think Nunes is going to score goals. I think Jota's going to score goals. I think Firmino's going to score goals. And even if he doesn't score goals, they've got, a re- they've got an absolutely brilliant midfield brilliant midfield that's coming into its prime even if Henderson doesn't play as many games and they've got the best keeper in the league best left back probably the best right back I don't think so but you can take it or leave it they've got best centre-halves they've got great depth at centre-half they're a really really good squad but the reason I think they're going to win the league is I think they have less adapting to do this season than City and I also think they're quicker at doing that adapting than City are um I think you saw it in the you saw it in the um 
community shield you saw the underlaps that robertson was making the way he was clearly trying to play to nunez when he came on and i just think they're going to be i think they're going to be good i think they're going to be really good and i just i can see them pipping city but i'll let you talk about city and then i will explain why i don't think city are going to be good because we might have some of the same i think city are going to be good let's clarify that i think if liverpool do win the title it'd be by like two points or whatever um but i just i, I think at this point now i think city have got some work to do but anyway let's talk about them because you three were unanimous that you think they're winning the title why they're still the best team in the league okay uh i just i can't see anyone getting past these they, they've got a, an unbelievable keeper the defence is good enough. They've got depth everywhere. You, I mean, you bring in Calvin Phillips to just be a depth piece. It's a joke, really, isn't it? Mm-hmm. They've sold a couple of their spare parts. It's <laughs> just mad, given the talent of those guys. You bring in, you bring in Harland. Alvarez comes in as well. You've still got De Bruyne. It's just embarrassing how good they are. You've got yeah, Guardiola, the best manager in the league as well. I think they've just got. They've just, even for Liverpool, I think they've got too much. Agreed. Uh, it's crazy, the drop-offs to the, the backup players in the City team is crazy. Uh, I, I just, I mean, Liverpool are obviously the only other team that could win it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there really isn't. It's... It's, it's pick, pick uh, your poison up there. It's absolutely ridiculous. Bernardo Silva sits on the bloody bench. I mean, come on. There's basically no other team in the world where he wouldn't get in the team, <laughs> apart from maybe Liverpool's the only other one. It's absolutely ridiculous what they have there. Particularly going forward. The defence is yeah. good enough. <laughs> I I just... And you add Haaland to that. That's exactly what we were asking him to do. They've gone out and done it. I, I don't see how they get beat. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I, it's still yeah. just grim being a United fan and these two are the, by far the best teams in the league. It's just fucking horrible. But. So, I agree that they're going to be really good. And don't don't let me... So, don't let me think. If City won the league, I would not be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked at all. And in fact, I think, I think it is... If I'm saying Liverpool winning the league, I'm thinking I'm 51% Liverpool, 49% City. It really is a toss-up. What I'm saying, what I am going to say is that I think City have weaknesses that Liverpool don't have. I think if you look at the fullback situation at the club, um, they, the short answer is they haven't got any. They've got Walker and they've got Cancelo, and that's practically it. The Zinchenko loss is a massive deal because, and I'm not saying that because Zinchenko is this brilliant Roberto Carlos-esque left back. He's a very good player. But the thing is, there were certain points last season in certain games where Pep needed a Zinchenko. He needed a left back. He needed someone like that. Um, He needed someone to give them that natural width that City sometimes don't have when they're playing Cancelo out there. So that's a that's a loss. I do think not enough is... I think we spend so much time rinsing Trent for his defending. Cancelo is maybe the worst one-on-one defender at any of these big clubs. He's a, he's a sieve. He's a sieve. And unlike, unlike Liverpool, where if you get past Trent, you're walking into Van Dijk. If you get past Cancelo at the moment, you're walking into Nathan Ake. I, I know it was one game against Liverpool, but if you when you watch the Community Shield, you notice that City's depth-wise, the way they play, is they're so reliant on having Laporte. When they've got Ake, 
Ake's not as confident in playing it out from the back, so he ends up giving it to he ends up giving it to Diaz, and he Diaz can't quite do it. Which means that when he come up against a competent team who can press, like an Arsenal, like a Chelsea, like a Tottenham, like a Liverpool, like we saw, they're going to struggle occasionally if Laporte's not there, getting the ball out the back. So these are like really niggly things, but they're things that add up when you're considering them against Liverpool, who just feel to me like a really complete team. Both of them need to adapt to having a striker. And I think Haaland's a better player than Nunes. But I also think that what Klopp is going to ask Nunes to do is slightly easier for Nunes to do based on his capabilities than what Pep is going to require of Haaland at some point. I think the way I think there's going to be require a little bit more technical ability from Haaland, which I think he has, but I think will take some adapting. And it, we know that. We know that with the attacking players, we've seen it with Greenish, we've seen it with Sane, that occasionally it takes a while for them to gel with Pep. And if you told me now that Haaland plays really well and they and Alvarez plays really well and they, they shit everything, that's great. But for me, I just think the fact that they've lo- the pieces they've lost in Zinchenko and, to be honest, Sterling as well, I actually think are bigger losses than people are giving them credit to. Now, knowing City, they're going to go out and buy someone and completely cover up all of this and they're going to cover every hole. But right now, recording this on August the 1st, I think they have more holes in them than Liverpool, which is why I would have given the edge for the title. Uh, we've been thinking that, that Kukurea was going there, haven't we? I suppose it's sort of been assumed that that was going to happen. He, look, if they had Kukurea, I'd pick him. I mean, it's looking like Chelsea. It's going to happen for Chelsea, isn't it? Now, I think. And that's not even to say that that's not even to say that Kukurea is a better left back than Cancelo. It's about options. It's about having that ability. And I just think Liverpool can go in more ways than City can go in more ways. And I do think that matters. Is it going to be Ake? If if Cancelo's not playing left back, yeah, which is yeah, which is, and then that stretches your centre backs, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. Calvin Phillips has been playing at centre half in um, pre-season a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I just think player for player, Liverpool are stronger. Not for me. Fair enough. Not for me. I think City pissed the league. It wouldn't surprise me. That was a great case. I like that every team has some something to think about. Mm-hmm. That's good. Well, there you go. That's our one to twenty. It's going to be I tell, wrong. What, I tell you what, if Grealish is good, I'll be shocked. Oh mate, I think he's going to have a good season. Yeah, me too. Uh, well, if people have just sat through that two hours, fair fucks to you all. <laughs> That's what, because I, I was struggling even at the end there. Um, <laughs> well, sensational. Three of us are sat in bed participating in this. Usually, we start, just so people don't think we're recording until like half five and we're all just lightweights. We did start this at half eight. Um, so we gave it a good go. I think it's probably going to be a, a good season, an interesting season. At least there's something to fucking talk about. Because I don't know about you, the last two seasons feel like one season to me. Could have yeah. been. Yeah, like, it just feels like the same teams doing the same things week in, week out. And at least this year, it's a, although it's the same players, there's different things. Anyway. And hey, it's a World Cup year, so... Oh, fucking hell. We've got that to look forward to as well. <laughs> right. <laughs> Brighton, by December 20th, Potter gets sacked because they're like, they can't admit they cocked up so much that they've put him a bad squad so they have to go elsewhere. Southgate knocked out of the group in Qatar. 
Potter into England. Yeah, I love that. No, I he doesn't get the, he does England. not get the England job after that, though. I think he does. He definitely no, he does. He does. He does. They are not that smart. They are. You are giving them way too much credit. Mate, Gareth Southgate's managerial career was getting Middlesbrough relegated yes. and then getting sacked yeah. and not getting them out of the Do you want to know what's happening right now in the FA offices? They're uh, they're looking at the line. They're, they're picking what Blue Harbour suits no, to wear. No, no. What's happening in the FA offices? They're looking at the Lioness victory. Congratulations, by the way. What a performance. What heroes. Um, they're looking at them and they're going, oh, how can we get the, how can we get the men to do this? And eventually they're going to realise, you know, when they hired a manager who knew what he what she was doing, maybe we should do that for uh, for, <laughs> for the men's team and Graham Potter will be in. Well, they just hired the manager who won the previous Euros, didn't they, to be fair, yeah. the England women. Oh, shit, that's smart. Who won the last Euros? Holland. Italy. Not... Italy. Oh, 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 no. Are you talking about the women's? Yeah, that's what the England women did, yeah. Man- Mancini, he's fucking pony, let me tell you. He looks like Richard Badley. Like, what are we doing then? <laughs> yeah, don't give me in, England. Come on. Oh, no. Bring Sven back before. No, we... no. Oh. Sven. I think that should do it. That, should, that really should do it. Um, if you want to catch up with the lads on Twitter and um, tell them how wrong they were, um, Dave, you first. What's your Twitter? Uh, it's at Crystal Palace. I'm going to finish eight. <laughs> At Dave Harris underscore 44, but of course, if you want to hear more from Dave, just go outside, find your nearest sewage works and stick your head in a vat. Um, <laughs> Ross, if the people want to follow you to find out more about why Theo Walcott's better than Zinedine Zidane, where can they do that? Uh, at Ross underscore bird 14. Yeah, okay. You can also follow more, more of Ross's uh, thoughts by the, following the hashtag, hashtag Ross for Rouge, as he uh, embarks on a quest to get a steak for it. Um, if the people want to follow you, Mike, to find out how you think Darwin Nunes could be the new Firmino or the new Joel Linton, where can they do that? Yeah, at Mikey Breslin on Twitter for that. Yeah, and if you want to follow me, it's at Workhunt17 and you can probably find me tweeting about how you should just fucking pay fees during Twitter. Honestly, I'm just going to... I know we're two hours in, but I've had enough. I really have had enough of, of transfer Twitter. Like, it's always like these people like deal on with a tick. What does that mean? What does that mean? Like, like, it's worse in baseball. You get these mean? reporters saying, just saying several teams interested in a certain player and it's like, well, great. That really helped me out. No, but you see, I like that because this is how it works in basketball. Adrian Wojnarowski tweets teams interested in acquiring such and such. And then the next thing he tweets is teams interested in acquiring. It's not these little things like Jacob Steinberg going, well, Chelsea are interested in Fafana. Oh, Chelsea in talks for Fafana. Chelsea in advance talks for Fafana. Chelsea discussing the add-ons for Fafana. I'm like, just tell me if he's signing. I don't care about the rest of this. I don't care. Anyway. If you want to send us any questions, mainly as to why we keep talking at the end of a two-hour pod, at gmail.com. And you can follow us on all the socials at pod where we will be tweeting infrequently. Um, God, I don't think anyone else is going to be here, so I'll just take this opportunity to say hi to James Yates. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> he'll probably be the only person who's made it this far. I'm hoping uh, and Henry, no, Henry Hodge is not making it. This no way. He's not got past the moment I, I told him that Cucurella was signing for Chelsea. And he definitely hasn't got past the moment where I suggested Liverpool have been pit for the title. Um, all right, but until next time, which will be our f- first going around the league, which will be nice. Until yeah, next be time. Uh, sayonara, everyone. There it is. There it is.